Why is his IMDB not showing up? Here we go. League of Gentlemen. That was the name of the sketch series. Mycroft is that. So League of the League of Gentlemen. And so now that we have the League of Gentlemen, we can go backwards from there and we can go the League of Gentlemen. Hold. Videos. Hello, Dave. Who would you rather make out with, your mom or your sister? Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And we just talked about poop. That's you. shocking. And, and you'll never hear it. You'll never hear it. So, because, good Lord. Because I have uh, editorial discretion. Whew, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. So, uh, you want welcome to back. Me? Yes. From what? You dickhead. From, from Florida. I was in Florida. You were. I was. I was going to Disney World, and it was amazing. So much it fun. was it was your first uh, first time traveling with the uh, with the peanut with the little one and she was amazing yeah she was absolutely spectacular she exceeded all my expectations she was lovely she was MVP hands down so nice. much fun we had an absolute blast that's awesome dude it was awesome it was well, so much fun what was the best part of the trip for you guys uh, one of my favorite moments was uh, and I think I already told you this so whatever uh, <laughs> but she uh, we got on one of my favorite rides which is Spaceship Earth. And uh, it's uh, the narration. The, the the ride is an ancient one. It's like one of the first rides at Epcot. And uh, it basically takes you through the communication cycle of human beings from caveman age till present. And I love it. It's so much fun. And when you get in, it's it's narrated by the incomparable Dame Judy Dench. And Hell it's yeah. just amazing. And as we got into the little ride, I'm sitting there wondering. I'm like, man, I don't know how... Natalie's going to handle this. There's right. some dark spots. And as I'm considering this, Natalie sees a touch screen and just pushes a button. And it's like, what language do you speak? And she puts his Deutsch. And I'm like, no. And it locks it in. So the whole ride is then in German. That is beautiful. And at the end, it asks you a bunch of questions to be like, hey, so what is your future going to be like based on these questions yeah. that you answer? And I just turn to Natalie. I'm like, pick away because it's all in German. <laughs> Doesn't and matter now. Boop, 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 just pushing stuff. And I'm like, apparently we like to live in the trees and we're real big on recycling. I'm, I'm telling you, your daughter speaks fluent German. You did not realize it until it that am- point. It was so funny. I was like, God damn it. That's amazing. That is so fun. And it didn't ruin the ride for no. you? You weren't like, damn it, Natalie. I've been on that ride so many times, I basically could narrate for her. I'm like, see, there's the cavemen. They're learning to speak to each other. And then over here, see that guy? He's making papyrus. He's smashing it out of the reeds. And there's the Egyptians. They're learning how to write all this stuff down. Oh, here are the Greeks. They're talking about philosophy and mathematics. And oh, here's Rome. Oh, oh no, Rome burned down. But don't worry, because the Muslims, those crafty guys, they kept records of all the books after the great library of Alexandria was burned down by the Mongols. And so on and so on. And so on and so on. You really could. I love that ride. It would be a real quick ride if you narrated it. Yeah. Because that was literally like three-fourths of the ride right there. That was the first probably 40% of the ride <laughs> right there as you went through it. it three-fourths does not equal 40%. Mm-mm. No. Nope. nope. I feel. I thought that like once we hit the Mongols, we were only about 10 years away from where we are now. Is that not right? Mm-mm. I don't know what history is. Nope, you don't. Get your shit straight. Read a book, Strandland. I don't know how to read. So you were going to ask me a question in the pre-roll, and I told you to wait till we got on, got on live. I think your actual words were shut your fucking face. Shut your fucking face and save it for the real time. Right, which I respect. I'm done with Be that. Be a professional. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, we were, so prior to uh, rolling here, we, uh, Doug does not uh, typically uh, watch late night television. Nope. And so anything that he needs to see, I generally bring to his attention. Yep. Uh, at a more reasonable hour of the uh, of, of the yep. day, and uh, one of the things, uh, one of our uh, people we've had in the the podcast, previous guest, Mr. Luke Knoll, uh, is now on SNL this year. He's Yay, he's a cast Luke member. Yeah, look, did we officially congratulate him on the podcast? Uh, I don't know. Well, if not, 
congratulations to yeah, Luke dude. Null because that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, and not to do too much self-promotion, but head back. I think it's episode 22. It's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. We talked to him about conspiracy theories, and he was an absolute delight. So. It was a fun fucking episode. So, Early so in good. our in our uh, podcast careers. Yes. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um. So yeah, we definitely <clears throat> definitely go back and listen to that. But he's he's on SNL now, which is it was insane because uh, I was we we the news broke, <clears throat> and then the first I I watch every episode every season. I'm just a fan of SNL. Um, and uh, so I was excited for the season to start because I'm like I fucking finally know someone, and I was I realized being in the comedy community, it was only a matter of time before mm-hmm. someone I knew became like hit the next level up, and so. Sure enough, I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. Someone I yeah. know is fucking on SNL. This is so cool. So his name came on screen, and it was just, I was like, oh my god, Daryl Hammond is introducing Luke Null. That's fucking insane. And yeah. then, he, like a couple weeks later, he was standing next to Miley Cyrus in the yeah. sketch. I'm like, oh my god, what is happening? So Luke, uh, two weeks ago, when Cersei Ronan was uh, Cersei Ronan, very hard to say her name. She's Irish, aye. very lovely. Aye, she is. Hey. When she was on, he wrote a sketch uh, about the Florabama Shore, which is a real show. It is the Jersey Shore, but moved down to the border of Florida and Alabama. So it's called the Florabama Shore, and it is everything that you would expect from a show from with that title. So this sketch I showed Doug. <clears throat> basically, they were th- it was a send up of that show, and uh, the fact that the show was recorded during Hurricane Irma, and how all these you know, redneck Jersey Shore type idiot, you know, early 20 somethings don't care. And there's one like level headed person who's like, we should get the fuck out of here. He's calling his wife. He's packing his bag. It was a funny sketch. Uh, But it brought up Doug. We were talking about it. And Doug was just like to that whole line of shows that Jersey Shore, Florida, 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 Shore. And so my thought was uh, in, in putting you into uncomfortable situations, what would it take because, you know, I asked you what would it take to get you into to see Rampage. Sure. What would it take for you to be on a show like that? Well, it's an easy question. They, they wouldn't take me because I'm boring. No, no, no. It's not. They're asking you to be on it. For some reason, Florabama Shore or Third Coast, Third Shore. There's going to be a Chicago-based one called Third Shore. They want you to be on it. What What would it take? Well, like, what would it, would it be an amount of money... Would it be a some sort of incentive? Would it be a threat? Like, like what would it take for you to be on one of those type of Big Brother type shows? Oh God, I would be so boring. Like, I even if they wanted me, I would not participate in hardly anything because I don't drink. I'm basically like a which, fifty year old man. Which would which though would be the drama because everyone in the house would be against you. I guess, and you would be the heel. I don't like going out. I'd be the most... I always joked. I was like, if I was ever on Real World, I'd be the most boring guy in the right. world. Which is essentially, that's what this is. It's just another iteration of that. Yeah, I'd always just be like, not going out ever. Right, right, right. Not drinking ever. Just like laying around watching TV, <laughs> probably playing video games if I could. Like in the in the confessionals, they're just like, I don't know. Doug is always hogging the television and he never comes out. Yeah. And he never has a shirt on. Yeah. And Doug, in your confessional, it's just like, yeah, what do you want from me? <laughs> Look, I'm tired, like, all the time. <laughs> I'm tired all the time. Like, I, I don't, It's a I, thyroid problem. You I should mean, probably I have that checked out. I just don't enjoy doing anything anyone else does, like, at all. Like, I have no desire. They're like, we're going to get hammered. You're like, you guys want to play a board game? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, the only time he comes out is when we want to play Sellers of Catan. It just cuts to me, like, running down in my underwear. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, guys, oh, boy, guys, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> Reference Settlers of Catan in my presentation today. <laughs> Hell yeah, you did. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> but what would it take to get you on there? Would I mean, it, again, I don't think it would be to anyone's benefit. Like, I would be the most that's boring. Not, that's not the question. They, for some reason, the producers want someone of your ilk on there. They want someone, they want your character on there. I mean. Like, would you, would you, would you. I'd have to take time out of work and I love my job. Right, but they're going to compensate you. Yeah, they better compensate me quite a bit. And your work is gonna, your work is totally. They're like, yeah, cool. Like your work is gonna give you a sabbatical for this. FMLA, right? This counts. That's good couch, right? Oh my god. Famous, my life. They they would have as to, becoming if they were able to pay, give me like fifty thousand dollars. 
That's it? That's impressive, Doug. I mean, give me enough for a down payment on a house. <laughs> give me enough for a down payment on a nice house, and I would do it. Wow. So you would really, so you would actually, because I thought it was going to actually be a struggle to get you to admit that you would, you would do it. I mean, if they were, they're like, yeah, here's 50 to 60 grand, 70 grand. You can put that as a down payment on your house. It's like, going up now. 50, 60, 70, you know, I was 300 like, whatever, grand. You know, uh, you know, I'd be like, cool. Uh, that's great. It'll keep a little mortgage payment. Uh, it doesn't have to come out of our savings. We can reinvest what we have in our savings. <laughs> Uh, and I can have a nice lifestyle, and I just have to put up with that for I don't know how many weeks. I would sacrifice that for my family. You would. I would do that. Yeah. Jill what? and Natalie, I love you that much. I would, <laughs> you I would, would go that. on that show. And just what do, do you, nothing. What do you think the worst part of that show would be? Like The manufactured drama. Like having the producers go. Oh, I'm sure when I saw the edited version of the show, I would probably somehow be turned out to be this horrible. Oh, yeah. It, they would take just. They would probably do some compilation of me just scratching my back, and this be like, "Oh, he's just a disgusting human being." Scratch, 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 right, scratch, right. scratch, scratch, scratch. As I scratch my body right now, <laughs> or like me it's farting a, or something yeah. or whatever, or you know, scratching my butt or he something. He poops all the time. Like, Someone make so, it stop. Super cut of Doug going to the bathroom. Uh, 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 just you know, I, I mean, they would, they would, they would find whatever. They, I don't know right. what they would use because I'd be so boring. Yeah. Well, just it, you eating. They would have to. They would. They would have to turn you into the a slob. Uh, well, they would have to turn you into a an unlikable, uh, antisocial slob heel. Like that would be yeah. your. That they would have to make it because you don't give them anything else other than just like not doing, not participating. Really, like they would have to f- manufacture mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're pro- required to do a confessional. Yeah, I'd just be like, <sighs> hope my wife got a good house. Hopefully it's in a nice neighborhood because uh, I want the best for my family. <laughs> How many more weeks do we have? <laughs> Producers back there going, <laughs> sorry, what? what's that? I know. Don't worry. I'm going to bed soon, too. It's like almost nine o'clock. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to bed soon. You're up super early making breakfast and everyone's just passed out. They're like, stop making noise. People come home like super late. I've gotten my Bose noise canceling headphones on. Just like snoring up a storm. Just like <laughs> not paying attention. People get into fights and I just try to adapt my crucial conversations. Like, Would you be a mediator? I'd be like, guys. Do you think you we, would step in? Guys, we both have to add to the pool of meaning. Otherwise, we can't have a dialogue. It's just like all these really ridiculous stuff. Like, look. Carrie, you are obviously a D with I tendencies. And Mark, you're obviously an S like me. So aggression, when you're met with aggression, it's really stressful. That's a huge stressor for you. And, and, and then Carrie, I, I get it. Like, you need someone to not sugarcoat how things go. But guys, like, we got to live together. Man. And then Carrie in the confession will go, he called me a D. He's the D. Or they just, everyone's just break down going, I didn't really think it like that before. And I now haven't. I feel like I understand. He keeps talking about emotional intelligence and self-awareness and self-management. And it just makes sense, you know? And I'd be like, whatever, man. I'm just like in my room playing video games. I am a D with eye tendencies. Everyone's like, yeah, cool. They're all having emotional breakthroughs. And you're like, I don't know, guys. How many more weeks do we have? Oh, my God. What else? That Hold becomes on, your catchphrase. my wife. Oh, good. We got a nice house, guys. Woo. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I, I'm basically the, the 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 dad of the house. You really would be, yeah. <laughs> I love the, uh, I just love the thought of you being in an, in that environment. Yeah. And like making everyone go through these just like huge emotional arcs and you're like, well, whatever. You're like, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, everybody poops. Yeah. Happens. I just can see them coming out with swag, with Doug swag, and like it would be the most boring swag. Right, it would just be like everybody poops, yeah. or you know, D with eye tendencies, <laughs> or just different random sayings. Oh my god! <laughs> I would, I would buy it. I would it buy cuts a to me just going, no, we can't buy a boat because it's an appreciating asset. Guys, come on, right. you know this. So the next piece of swag is it's it's a shirt with a boat and it's got a big red like. Slash stamp across it that just said depreciating asset. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be it. So look, if anyone MTV, if you're out there and you're listening and you want to, you want to make a show in Chicago called third shore, then you call Douglas Cochran, write the fuck up. 
and you give him the part because he is ready and you willing. You give me a down payment for a nice home, we can talk. That's all it is. And you know what? You give me a nice down payment for a nice home, and we'll talk too. <sighs> it's so funny because I'm I was not going to use it for that. But I was I was reading about how they uh, people who had gotten picked to be on those sorts of shows and how people would show up to auditions thinking they had to be like the craziest yeah, or whatever. So they would do like group interviews with people and they're like, you know, what? so what do you like? Oh, well, I'm a huge partier and I don't take shit from anybody. They would never pick those people. Really? They would pick the other people in the group and be like, that sounds like bullshit. Like they would call them out on stuff. Really? They'd be like, that doesn't sound like that's real at all. And they would be like, pick them because they are going to be interesting in situations because they're going to call people out on their bullshit. Oh, so they're they're not going to take shit. That's interesting. Yeah. So they would they would find those sort of like rare people that were just not necessarily, They weren't like I'm crazy. Yeah. And I love to stick pool cues up my ass. <laughs> you know, and I can play. You know, my asshole. Like I don't know. A lot of ass talk here. Doug. Yeah. Sorry. I don't A know. lot of ass really talk. Really, just focus on the butthole. <laughs> um. But you know. Yeah, you got me going on poop, and all I can think, all about, I can is think about is buttholes. No, um, but. Uh, yeah, it makes sense, though, because you take the people who are going to call other people out, you put enough of them together, you add alcohol to the situation, and they become those other people. It's a natural form of yeah. con- of contention. Oh, yeah. You know? The the uh, the story that I had heard about that was that uh, one of the complaints that they had had, uh, previous cast members had had, is they, they brought, the producers brought them in and said, what do you think your three best moments were where you shined in this season? Like where you thought you were a really good human being? And what are the three moments that you thought you wish you could take back and were not on film? And basically said, the three moments where you shined, don't plan on seeing those. And they, they basically cut around. They, they, they wanted to know, like, what are your three worst moments? And we're going to make sure those air. And I was like, that, you're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Well, I, it, it's a shame because I remember when Real World first came out. Right. It was kind of an interesting and honest look at people living in a house well, even from all the, different walks of life. Even the beginning, how the opening narrative, like, oh, here's yeah. what happens when you take six people from six different walks of life and put them in the same, like, it laid it out in the opening of the show, that, yeah. that voiceover narration. And I think you're right. Like, it it did have, like, an honest, the first couple seasons felt like, okay, maybe this could be an interesting social experiment. Yeah. There, and it just devolved. Well, it just it just got more and more like, well, it's got to get crazier, and it's got to get crazier. They had to heighten it. And it's, it's just one of those things where that's where I think reality TV has a natural sort of interest. Yeah. Because you get to see what other people are like. Right. What other people are doing. Um, and for me, it all goes out the window when I find out that it's manufactured. Yeah. The second that it, it loses that sort of credibility with me, I'm like, we're done. Like, yeah. Even to some extent, House Hunters kind of loses it with me because House Hunters isn't real. They've picked the house. They've picked the yeah. house in advance. They already know what they're doing, but they have to pretend that they're looking yeah. for a house. If Beth hears the show, she's going to be very crushed. Yeah. Sorry, Beth. It's true. Yeah. I read that and it's like, eh, that doesn't seem right. Good at all. It just it seems so disingenuous at that point in time where I'm like, but you're pretending that it's something else, and that's what upsets me is right. because it's the same thing. You you've heard countless stories of people who've been on reality TV shows, and they're like, whoa, they added sound effects or yeah. they edited that to make it seem like this happened, and I'm just like, I don't need that sort of bullshit in my yeah. life. I don't like manufactured drama. No, even on the uh, the bar rescue show mm-hmm. that Milos's bar, yeah. uh, the of. Uh, a few bars, three bars ago, four bars ago, uh, he was they they came in. He was on that show, and he was like, "Yeah." He goes, "The way that they edited around some stuff, like some of that stuff never happened. Some of it they made seem way more intense than it was. Like it was not that big of a deal when it happened yeah. live, you know. And some of it, like they definitely staged it to where they wanted that drama. Like it was, it was basically calling out. Like it wasn't as an honest look at what a failing bar looks like, you know." Yeah. As, as one might think, or as one as, as people are led to believe. Yeah, I think that's what's upsetting to me is because I think what was so beautiful about that first season was I think there was a, an argument between, I think it was a white woman and a black man, and okay. they were talking about race, and they were having like a really deep argument. And it was like kind of like it wasn't, it kind of it got heated, but it was like they were coming from a real place and they were both trying to understand each other. Interesting. And it was a very fascinating, I think it's one of those classic moments in there where they captured it and there was like, whoa, here's two people right. who are trying to find common ground and it's getting heated, it's getting uncomfortable. It's like, 
And at the end of the day, you know, they still remain friends. And, yeah. just you know, I found that stuff interesting, you know, when you would see stuff like that where people would um, have those moments. But then it just got to the point where it was just so far out of control. I remember there was one season where the goal was the people had to start their own business. Right. It was like they gave the, these stunts and stuff. And it was yeah. dumb. Like yeah. they had to go and do all these things. And I just remember that with all they did in that season was fucking argue. <laughs> That's all they did right. was argue. And I was like, this is exhausting. Like yeah. this is disgusting. Like I don't want to watch people just fucking argue all the time. Like it's, and especially when you realize that it's not even real. Right. It's really, really upsetting, and yeah. that's the stuff that... Well, it feels like a waste of time at that point. I well, feel like, like that... Just, let's not pretend. For me, at that point, I'm like, why am I, why am I investing my, 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 my hard-earned time? Like, why am I investing time that I could be doing with something else into something that I know is complete... Now, again, you could make... One could make the argument where, well, why do you watch Marvel movies? Because, you know, that's fake. Totally different. It's, it's totally not, different. It's not being sold to me as real. It's being sold to me as... A comic book movie. Like well, it's, it's like when WWE, you know, it was. Like, it's totally real, and Fum was like, "No, it's not. It's fine. Right? It's bigger than it's ever been. Right? People are like, "No, I love this. It's a show. It's it's entertaining. That's all it it's is. a script. Yeah. Just say that. Just say that with your reality TV right. shows. These people, they're people playing characters. Right? Absolutely. Just say that. They might not be actors by trade, but you've made them into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just 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 do that. Let's just be honest with each other with that sort of regard because. I can't stand – I think that's where it gets me a lot of time is when when someone's not being honest with, with their intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, don't do not do that. And I think that's where I got so upset about the Rampage you know, movie and stuff like that. I was like, don't try to tell me that this is coming from a kind place because it's not. This is a money grab for something. And I was like, at least that's how I feel. Sure. And I don't see it as someone like lovingly crafting something to bring it to life in a way that where they're like, man, this game inspired me so much that we need to have all of these things happen like, yeah. in that sort of way. Like I've seen, you know, movies that have tried to do that or stories that you, you watch and you're like, Oh, someone obviously loved the source material, but it just didn't quite translate. Falls or they just, just short, yeah. didn't quite make it there. Um, and it's like, Ooh, that's, that's too bad. It's hard to, yeah. You know, um, you know, I I would say you know one of the my favorite game adaptations was Silent Hill, like really creepy. Oh yeah, creepy yeah. movie. I feel like they did a really good job. When people of, like, got on board with that, like that was that was on, in certain in certain circles was well received. Yeah, I remember watching it and immediately wanting to buy it. I was yeah, like, this movie is fantastic. It was with Pyramid Head, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really well done. And it's like, but you you know that's an example of a success success one. But you've also seen just times where people are like. Some stinkers. Oh my god, they adapt it, and you're like, well, I can tell at least the love was there. It just didn't quite make where it needed to go. Right. Yeah. And I can I can live with that. You know, it's kind of like how my brother described. You know, Batman v Superman. He's like, hey, at least they took a shot. They took a chance. They tried to go somewhere with it, and they failed spectacularly. It's better than playing it safe and being bland, right? And being right. boring, which is what his you know his Justice take on, League yeah, was. was. Essentially, they were like, we got to play it safe. And and then we got what we got. Right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which which we have the. It's, I'm still very interested on all the all the mixed reviews that are coming out on that. To this to still people are are like there are those who viscerally hate it. Do me a favor. The, look how much is it, it's grossed box office so far. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm just kind of curious. I meant to do that today, but I didn't have time. I actually already had box office mojo open on here. Nice. I'm just I'm just curious as to what they've done because I think it's settled down at like forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, review wise, and I haven't really heard much from it. Lifetime gross currently is two hundred twelve million one hundred twenty nine thousand six hundred sixty eight dollars. That's domestically. What about worldwide? I don't know. <laughs> Doug asking too many goddamn questions. Uh, foreign is four hundred and two million, so we're looking at a total. Of six fourteen seven twenty nine six six eight, so six hundred, just over six hundred million dollars. How long has it been out? It has been out twenty four days, three and a half, three point four weeks. Do me a favor, look up Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> just, I think it's interesting comparison. Now Thor's been out longer. I can't spell Ragnarok, so I'm just looking up Thor <laughs> and Ragnarok. <laughs> 
Thor Ragnarok has been out 38 days, 5.4 weeks. So it's been out two weeks longer, essentially. And it has made $833 million. $833,704,028. Very real possibility that Thor 3 is going to outperform Justice League. Box office-wise. I wouldn't say it's a real possibility. <laughs> I would say... I was being generous. It has happened. <laughs> yes, no, I agree. I would say... That's, I don't know if Justice League could, could can come up to that level yet. I, or yet. I, I, don't, I don't, th- don't think they're coming up to that level. I, I think even if they had this open the same amount of time at this, I think it's just... It's, it's fading out. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to do it. Which sucks because... I think it's amazing that it's been out, I'm sorry, but amazing that it's been out for three point four three and a half weeks. Yeah. Like I just it doesn't it literally feels like it opened last weekend to me. Oh, Time is very League? weird, yeah. I feel like it's been open forever. Whew. Because it came and then it was like boop and it was gone. Like because yeah. they tried to get everything that opening weekend and now they're just sort of like and again, I think they spent three hundred million dollars on that film. Uh well let me see this. So hundred and twenty two million Thor opened to hundred and twenty two million. That weekend, I think, and uh, Justice League was like ninety three. Uh, Justice League was ninety three, and it's interesting. Their production budget is not listed yeah, on here. They usually they don't if it's not good. Interesting. I've heard rumors that it was upwards of three hundred million with Fuck reshoots, me. reshoots plus another hundred and fifty for marketing. So Thor was at a buck eighty production yeah. budget, and Jesus man, Thor about half of the cost. Thor has made over two hundred and fifty million more. Like it's, it's. Brutal. If that's the if that's the case, then they they did domestically they did not make back what they put into the movie strictly on a production side. Exactly. That is in fucking. And when insane. you spend three hundred million dollars, you expect to get a billion box office. I can't. I'm the fact that we're. <laughs> I'm just going to take a second to step back and go. The fact that we're talking about numbers at this level so cavalierly. I know. Like, like with it's that's insane. Yeah. Is cavalierly a word? I, I know. know when you talk about it, you're cavalier about something. Yeah. But is, I don't know if cavalier. Did I make a, it a verb? Maybe. Yeah. Are we cavaliering? <laughs> a cavalier <laughs> or an adjective? Yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying though. Yeah. Like just the fact that we're just throwing these numbers out like. Oh, you know, when you spend $300 million, you expect a billion dollars to return. That's insane numbers, man. That yeah. is insane. It's it's a shame that that's the kind of stuff Jesus. that it takes. But think about that. If you spent $450 million and you only made $150 million back, like that's that's a lot of work just to eke out $150 million. Cha. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, now, look. Well, it doesn't say how much. Fuck, I can't compare it because it doesn't give me a production budget. Never mind. Fuck it. Moving on. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that gets scary with those sorts of big budget movies, which is why I get so excited when movies like It do so well. Right. That was $30 million. Right. Well, that's the thing. The the small, and I can't remember who we were talking to, or it was an inter- it was either an interview I, I read or, or heard, but someone was talking about the mid-range. I think it was Chris Charles we talked to. Was it Chris Charles yeah. that said the mid-range movie is dead, basically? Yeah. And it's sad because those used to be mm-hmm. the best movies. Yeah. Like, those used to be so much fun. Like, the the the, the 20 to 60 mm-hmm. or on the on the high end, $100 million was like, whoa. Those movies used to be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they still exist, but they're very few and far between. Right. Well, again, Lady Bird. I mm-hmm. go back to that. I, it doesn't have a production budget on here, unfortunately, and it's only grossed domestically uh, twenty-two million dollars. Again, I say only. That's twenty-two fucking million dollars. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm sure its budget was far less than twenty-two million. Oh, I'm sure million, it was. But it, it is. Beth and I saw it over the weekend. It's an incredible movie mm-hmm. as far as a piece of cinema goes. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well written, well acted, well shot, well edited. Like it's it's great. Yeah. And it did not need to spend three hundred million dollars. Yeah. To hit that. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. Well, that's where I get excited because that's why I love so much about District Nine because that mm. was the same movie that was like I think thirty five million and it did very well at the box office and part of it was because and wasn't that that was an accident movie because they were going to make it a, supposed to be Halo right. And they're like, ah, this other guy, let's take the same stuff and we'll do it for half the price. $30 million budget, grossed worldwide, $210 million. That's an awesome return. There you go. Like they, done. Yeah. yeah, and it's a great movie. 
It's tough because those are R-rated movies, right. so it's hard for a lot of times to make that money back. So people are hard, you know. Yeah, that's why you see it, and how much did it gross? Lady Bird was R-rated. Yeah, see, and and those are usually like, because you got to think investors. Is it sexy to be like, right? Percentage wise, we made this much, but we actually only made fifteen million right. versus. Well, we invested 180 plus another 120 for uh, marketing purposes, but we, you know, we basically earned 800 million back. Right. Like that's a sexier sort of uh, sort of. Uh, chapter two. It chapter two. Hold on. That'll be coming out soon. Oh, here we go. It. Production budget of thirty-five million, gross six hundred ninety-five million dollars. That's amazing for an R-rated. Holy film. Christ! That's an amazing for an R-rated film. Like to do that well is incredible. Deadpool, another example of a movie. I think that made over seven hundred million on a sixty million dollar budget. Like that's incredible. That's Nineteen times its production budget. Exactly. Nineteen times what you cost to produce it. And they, that's only, crazy. they only did two trailers. Yeah. They did a fantastic marketing campaign. Like they knew exactly how to get that movie out there. And all that it was so well made. It was so well done. Yeah. And it was just a good movie. So I get excited when I see movies like that that do well because it's one of those things where you're like, "Holy shit, like that's that's that shows you the power of making a good movie regardless right. of the budget. Right, exactly. Yeah, Deadpool, for example, $58 million cost to make, $783, $783 million return. And again, amazing marketing campaign for that film. Absolutely. Like, they they did more, and here's the interesting thing, they did more marketing for that movie than I think I've ever seen a movie do, period. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't in trailers. Yep. It was in ancillary footage. It was in bonuses, extras, YouTube videos, uh, you know, uh, cameo stuff like they like he the character popped up in all these random places, and it it was this like viral marketing campaign which just paid off in in a, because if you tenfold. know Deadpool, that's who he is. That's <laughs> just, how I don't know if you saw the teaser for Deadpool too, but it's amazing. It's the same thing. Is it wait? It's not the. Uh, it wasn't the one that we saw that came before Logan, which is in the 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 the, fo- the phone booth. No, this was a, they just recently came out. Oh with wait, a is it the Bob Ross one? Yes, I, I haven't watched the whole thing. It's just, yeah. again, it's classic Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Like they know who this character is. <laughs> right, they know exactly how to how to market. He's him. insane. He's yeah. He, it's he, like she, you see it and you're just like, what? And it's <laughs> R rated. It was like again one of those first R rated right. superhero movies, and you're like, is this gonna work? Yeah. They made it work because they understand the source material. They understand the character. Shit, yeah. And it just goes to show you that you don't have to spend 180 to $200 million to get a good movie. No, you don't. You can spend the right amount. But I also know that sometimes you're also relying on those movies to that are not franchises, that are that don't have existing material that may, that you have to sell. It's kind of a tough thing for a studio to pick up and be like, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, I think we've I think the movie studios have conditioned people to I think we've been conditioned to to expect something like and, and as much as I love superhero movies, I'll play mm-hmm. devil's advocate here and I'll say that they have taken away in the sense that now we are we we are have been conditioned to expect these grand giant over the top things that we that we know that we're familiar with that we're comfortable with we don't have to think about them i I feel like it has almost dumbed us down as a consuming audience where you don't really have to you don't have to invest yourself in 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 something well i think you can blame jaws for all that because jaws was like the first summer blockbuster that came out okay and once i think anytime there's the jackpot sound going off those <laughs> yeah people that have the money are like do that again right and it got to the point where all of a sudden once because it used to be movies would come out in different regions they were never released nationwide at the same time it just didn't happen so they would shop they would go around in different parts of the country and then once it got to the point where it could be released nationwide, and all of a sudden you started, you had the, the summer blockbuster. Right, where everyone gets to talk thing, about it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh my God, summer's here. Everyone's out of school. We got to go watch this movie. And they're like, let's put a lot of money into this. It's going to get us a lot of return. Right. And then that just grew. And like, I would say, I think the first 
beyond Jaws, I think the the next major one was Independence Day, because that I think was the <clears> first <throat> movie company to actually advertise during a Super Bowl. Oh, was it really? And well, I think I feel like that solidified Will Smith as like Mr. Fourth of July. Sure. Like his they that was when all of his movies would, would drop was around that weekend. So then you have all of a sudden people like, holy shit and then all of a sudden it just turned into like these giant tent pole movies where we're like we have to spend a lot of money because if we do, we're gonna get a big return and then it just grew from there to superheroes which caught on and then that's where we are today is superhero movies are the ones that are ruling the day. But like you and I were kind of talking off the air earlier, I'm like, look, if you're going to do it right, I don't give a shit. Right. If you're going to make a good movie, you're going to tell a good story, um, and I'm going to enjoy it and have fun, I'm all about it. Right. I don't care. And that could be Rampage. You know? <laughs> Maybe it is. Who knows? I doubt it. I like how you you're know? how you're giving a benefit of a doubt. You've, Who knows? You've softened, Cochran. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you've it will softened. be the new fucking Jurassic <laughs> World movie. I doubt <laughs> it. But, like, <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'm like, hey, look, yeah. for me, if you're putting out good stuff... I'm all for it. Yeah. And it, it, that could even be, to me, the Fast and the Furious franchise, which I have no interest in. But people love it. Right. They absolutely love it's those movies. It's a fun movie. for Like, you like, don't... Yeah. That's cool. Go do it. You know, I just, go enjoy I it. Still, I still say that you do not, in any way, shape, or form, need... Every once in a while, having a movie come out that costs an insane, exorbitant amount of money, sure. Because you're you're getting those big, big ones out there that are just fun and over the mm-hmm. top. But I really, and I so we said this with Chris Charles, and I've said it after, like in between now and then, but uh, or then and now. But the the movies that really fucking hit home, and I feel like are really good movies, are those that live in that lower budget range. I feel like because because you're focusing <coughs> not on special effects, you're not you're focusing not on who's casted, but you're focusing on what is a good story, mm-hmm. and that that is really at its as essence what movies are about it's just storytelling yeah in a visual medium and i think a lot of a lot of the bigger budget movies and i'm not saying anything you know revelatory here but a revolutionary here but like a lot of the bigger movies they it's it's not focused on the stories it's focused on how much can we pack in how much special effect can we pack in well i would argue um you know for talking about superhero stuff i think marvel's done a good job I'm not paving the way for that sort of stuff. I'm where not taking away from superheroes or oh, Marvel, of course. but I'm just saying yeah. Marvel's a unique case because they spent ten years developing their universe and they can just play in it now. But if you're going to spend what, who knows how much the next Jurassic Park movie is going to cost? But I'm assuming it's close to two hundred million dollars. It's just like, here. do you need it? You know, because you also got to think of the um, Fallen Kingdom, the. Uh, um, the ambitions of the people that are making it. Like, for example, sometimes limitations are important, like with Jaws. The fact that the shark wasn't working actually worked to the benefit of the movie because the original script had the, the shark showing up a hell of a lot more. And the fact that the editor of that film was like, this shark looks like dog shit. <laughs> Um, we're not going to show them yeah. that much. Yeah. And it added so much suspense and terror right. to that film because you're leaving it to your imagination. It's like, wow, that's so cool. George Lucas used to talk about all the limitations he had with his budget and how he always wanted to do all these other things. It turned out that you don't need less can be more. When he got that budget, he fucked it up. Yeah. Ta-da. Also, like, yeah. he wasn't directing those original three. He was writing the story and things like that. So when he got to do everything, it was like gross. Right. But, you know, it goes to a situation where it's it may seem like a huge disadvantage, but sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. Right. Because if you have that epic battle sequence, it may not be worth it because you may realize it's taking away from something else. Right. Um, you know, I look towards, uh, you know, like Infinity War. It looks like there's going to be some pretty incredible fight sequences just like there was in Civil War like that was so much fun to watch that and for me I'm like look that's the reward for being a part of this universe and paying attention is getting to enjoy those moments sure and see that stuff unfold but I feel like you can't do that same thing with a movie that we don't know that well like I don't know if you saw the trailer there's a there's a new movie coming out that I think it's being produced by James Cameron and directed by Robert Rodriguez I think it's called Ayita, Ayita, um, Battle Angel. 
and um, it looks. I can't tell how I feel about it. I think it's based on an anime. Let me uh, see if I can find it here. And um, it grabbed a lot of attention recently. Um, you said James Cameron? I think James Cameron's executive producer on it. But Robert Rod- Rodriguez is directing. And it's a situation where they're doing a lot of CG, and it's probably going to have a big budget. It's coming out in July, so I imagine it's going to be a pretty big tentpole sort of movie. I look at something like that where I'm like, I don't know much about you. Alita, Battle Angel? Alita, that's what it is. Um, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Well, that is animation. Oh, weird. That looks. She is, but not everyone else is. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay, in that case, then, it looks terrible. Well, her eyes look way too big. So yeah, well yeah. Not to mention that I mean, it blatantly looks like a video game. Like yeah, that's why I was like, wait, what? So like, Christoph Waltz is in it. Uh, as well, it's like yeah, her eyes just don't. Her eyes look, are ginormous. Yeah, they look very animated. Anime yeah. eyes. Jennifer Conley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Michelle. Rodriguez, yeah. So there's a lot of. <clears throat> but you know, were you were saying about this one though? Like that's a situation where they probably put a ton of money into that, and I'm just like, are we gonna get the return? that we need because I don't know, this is probably a really bad argument, but I feel like if you're going to invest that much money into something, you better hope it's counterintuitive because people are like, well, I don't want to spend money on something that people don't know anything about. I'm going to spend a lot of money on stuff that people know a lot about, but they do a terrible job. Right. I mean, which would you rather have something that not a lot of people know, but is really good quality Yeah. or something that everyone knows, but you just kind of half-ass it. Is it, is it like aim big, win big is that kind of like the route that they're going? I, I, I mean, maybe nothing ventured, nothing gained. Because I look at the studio A24, which puts out like a lot of independent films, and they've been churning them out, and they've been like really interesting movies. Lady Bird. Is that on A24? There you go. They did Ex Machina. They did uh, It Comes at Night. Um, they've done a ton of really interesting films. Uh, whenever I see A24, I perk up. I'm like, ooh. What uh, what are what are they doing next? Yeah, absolutely. Because they've done a lot of unique stuff, and most of the stuff is very low budget. And that yeah, that's I I would feel the same because like, I, I it was around actually it was around Ex Machina that I started to see a, the A twenty four logo popping up everywhere, and every time I saw it, I was I the the only thought I had was, oh that looks interesting. There's oh that looks very interesting. unique stuff. Like every time, like they're taking chances on shit that may not make but it it is carving i think they're doing i will say this i feel like a24 and i know they're not new yeah. by a long shot but i feel like they're doing what marvel did in the sense that they're slow playing it they're building up a a steady you know a, a, a steady groundwork of fantastic movies to go look here's our here's our portfolio look at look at what we've done i think they're i would equate them more with a pixar where they're building their brand. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Where yeah. they're like, hey, look, um, you know, these are independent films. They kind of have a great storytelling aspect right. to it. Like, I watched this one called The Rover, and it has Guy Pierce and Robert Pattinson in it. And it's an extremely slow-moving film. Yeah. And I remember watching it and just kind of being like, man, this is completely different than your average blockbuster movie yeah, yeah. flows. And it was it had some very powerful moments, and it doesn't it doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go, and it just kind of ends, but also ends in a very unique way. I know I didn't say much about the film without because I didn't want to spoil it, but it's it takes place in the Australian outback, and there seems to be some sort of not like uber apocalypse, but something has gone wrong, and you know people are kind of just. <clears throat> A little bit aimless. Ten years after a global economic collapse, a hardened loner pursues the men who stole his only possession, his car. Yes. Along the way, he captures one of the thieves' brothers, and the duo form an uneasy bond during the dangerous journey. Yeah, Guy Pearce plays a very broken and hardened man. Interesting. In the Australian outback, and it's interesting. Like, the way that the story flows is so different. It's very slow played and everything like that. And I just remember watching it and being like, this is very compelling. Yeah. And when it ended, I was kind of disappointed. But then I also was like, this isn't like the movies you normally watch. Yeah. It was kind of like the movie Enemy with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Where um, he basically finds his doppelganger. And it's a very cerebral, very... Uh, metaphorical symbolic film and it's it's 
It's out there. Yeah. And I remember Jill and I watched it, and at the last scene, Jill got so fucking pissed. <laughs> she was like, fuck this movie. This movie's dumb. And I was like, I don't have an argument against that. And then I went to the IMDb forums because I was like, I just, I feel like I don't get this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I'm missing. And as I read through it, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually interesting. And this isn't a movie that's going to hold your hand. Yeah, it's going to expect you to, to step up to the like plate. It's you yeah. have to figure this shit out. Yeah, and it's yeah. something I wasn't used to. I haven't trained my brain to do that. Or you have to go to the IMDb page. Well, that's that's my point exactly, though, is yeah. that I feel like we have been conditioned yeah. to not have to invest ourselves where we don't have to figure it out. We don't have to pay attention and be there's nothing cerebral about it. Like yeah. You're just it's spoon fed to you. And again, yeah, I am the biggest Marvel fan and I and I'm, right. I'm the biggest. I want DC to succeed fan. I don't want to sound like we're all, always railing on DC, but I, I love comic book movies. I absolutely sure. fucking adore them. But there is an element to those as well as other movies were were just spoon fed this this you know this swill this dredge where where it's just you're like I don't have to think about this it's yeah. just I get to go and I get to tune out for there's two not, and a half there's hours there's not too much depth to it so that's like kind of like when we were off mic and you were talking about well I think this might be a little more meta I'm like I doubt it right <laughs> sure 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 I feel like most of the time. It's not, but people, I feel like sometimes it can be, and people don't yeah. recognize it. Well, I think it's funny because I remember when I first learned about symbolism in school, and I remember our teacher explained it to us, and as we looked through stuff, and she basically explained that symbolism can mean anything to you. Interesting. It's based on how you, how you look at it, yeah. and I got so mad <laughs> because I was like, I was like, well, then this is dumb. Because this, it means could, nothing. this could mean anything to anybody. And then I started seeing people be like, well, to me, it's just a symbol for this. And then I was like, oh, good. Here we go. <laughs> Cue the conspiracy theorists right. and things like that. Well, this so, is an allegory for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So so I get, I'm automatically kind of suspicious when people kind of like dig super deep into that, especially with something like Justice League. I'm like, guys, relax. It's not that deep. It's not that complicated. It's not that because people will love to look over every little thing to be like, well, there's this. And so that can mean this and that can mean that. But then when you go and you watch a film like Enemy. Right. And I'm not used to like, you know, because something else someone brought to my attention was like a script. No, in a script, in a screenplay, no word is used just frivolously. Every word is moving the story forward. Interesting. So no one just puts in a bunch of verbose shit for the sake of it. Right. Everything moves along. Same thing with a shot in a movie. If you see right. something on the screen, it means something. Right. There and I when I learned that I was like, oh no, that was basically foreshadowing. Right. I'm like, well, they showed you that for a reason. They right. showed you the close up of that phone for a reason. And in the the movie Enemy, spiders are a big thing of there's there's a, that that means something in the story. Okay. And the director, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but the director actually made the actors sign a non-disclosure agreement so that they would never actually state what the spiders meant. Really? In the film and that he was like we we're going to leave it to the viewers to figure out what they think that means. So to this day no one has ever really So in so they actors do know. Like they've discussed this, but they are not allowed to talk about they've it. They've discussed it because they had to know. They had to feel it. They yeah, had to yeah. understand that sort of stuff and you see a lot of things like, you well, know. It's almost like Oh sorry, go ahead. spider webs and actual like you'll see this long shot like this distant shot of the city with like this spider-like creature sort of like walking around and I'm like what the fuck is this really? and then it cuts back and I'm like what the very like surreal it's very like interesting I'm like okay and again you, you tend to tune that stuff out because yeah. you're like I'm not used to looking at that and being like wait what does that mean? So it's because a lot of things are very literal shots so when you see yeah. something that's more of a metaphorical shot you're yeah. like what? Yeah. Wait is there a spider? Is there a giant spider? What is this? Is there a giant yeah. spider attacking? Why are we doing what? Yeah. Hey! No! Yeah, yeah, and so there's a yeah. lot of that stuff where when you go back after I went to those forums and I read, and I'll do that with a lot of movies after I've watched them, I'll go to Wikipedia or some yeah, other yeah. places because I'm like, maybe I I want to make sure I got this the way I that I want to. Absolutely do the same thing, yeah. And that movie, after reading about that, a lot of people were like, look, I know you're frustrated, but just take a second. <laughs> and they weren't being assholes. They're like, just yeah. think about it. Like, think about with the movie. Think about 
the things that were happening as you saw them, as they unfolded. And they're like, if you do that and you think about these things, you're like, it'll make a lot more sense. And I went back to July and go, actually, I like that movie a lot more now. Right. I went and changed my rating on right. it on Netflix from like oh, nice. a two to like a four. Nice. Because I was like, oh, It's so cool wow. you rate shit. I don't rate anything. I love it. I love I rating stuff. Anything. Um, it's almost like, but it's almost like Quentin Tarantino's uh, Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and what's in the suitcase. Yeah. Like it's the same kind of thing, like where you, you've got to think. Diamonds. You've, exactly right <laughs> like there's there's a giant i mean there's been a what a 30 20 30 year debate of what is in the suitcase it's actually you know? diamonds right exactly right yeah. yeah no but um you know some people argue and i i am of the camp that it's it's uh um william wallace not william, marcellus is it marcellus wallace? yeah marcellus. marcellus his soul um based off of everything and the sam jackson's uh response to that was the best because the the an interviewer had asked him well, what you know? What was in the suitcase to you? He goes, me. He goes, I saw a sixty watt bulb and two AA batteries. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like that's that was in the suitcase to me. Like I don't have a, a yeah. deeper meaning to it. But a lot of people. But it's up to the the viewer to use that critical thinking and go. Well, what is this? What does this symbolize to me? What do I think is happening in the it's story? It's funny because that became so much bigger than what it should have been. Right. Because it was actually diamonds. Like that's how it was written in the script originally. And for some reason... Was it? Because I don't ever remember reading any analysis of the script where it said that. In the actual original script, it was Diamonds. Okay, I'm going to have to fact check in that, but okay. Absolutely, you can absolutely fact check me. Because um, I feel like I've done a lot of reading about that. Because That was what was so funny was because it was, one of those, it was one of those cracked articles where it's like five mysteries that are actually already been solved. And okay. No, I can't, I think, if if I th- it's cracked, then I have a hard time refuting it. Because I think what it was, it was a reference to something else Tarantino had done, or he was making a reference, and it was like the Diamonds had a reference to it. But I can't remember why, uh-huh. for some reason, they couldn't get them. So, But because you see that shot of Marcellus Wallace's, the back of his head, right. where the Band-Aid is, and they say, oh, it's because it's his soul, and it's in there. It created this whole mythos about this case and because they also don't explicitly say what it is right that people are like oh it's his soul i'm still of the camp that this is so i don't give a shit what it works it's one of those yeah. things where you're like because i remember the first time i watched it i was watching it with the movie buffalo and i was like what was in the goddamn suitcase <laughs> he goes that's the point i'm like that's a dumb point what was in it <laughs> who were you like, watching with i, I it was a, a film aficionado okay yeah from from college and i was just like <laughs> well, what the fuck was in there He's like, well, some people think it's Marcellus Wallace's soul. <laughs> I was like, what? And what? You Like, nothing. This world is so grounded and there's a soul in a suitcase. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I was just but like. But in fairness, it's Tarantino. It is Tarantino. So I could. <laughs> it's probably a giant fuck you in, in lights is what was in there. It was, it was probably like, was a double A battery. Yeah. Two double A batteries in a 60 watt bulb. Yeah. And it said fuck you on it. <laughs> Said fuck you. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. that that was one of those things where I was like, that's interesting because with you know again, without without the knowledge to fill in the gaps, we invent right. meaning that exists there, which is kind of interesting when you're interpreting literature, when you're interpreting video games or yeah. interpreting any sort of art, and you're like, oh, what does that mean? Right, right. Why would the artist show us this? And then you sort of, it's kind of a fun way to concoct that sort of stuff. So I yeah. I do respect the films that aren't super pretentious about that sort of stuff. See, Enemy was like a nice balance of pretentiousness at the same time trying to tell an interesting story. And um, and again, you're like, they're going, what's real, what's not? Like, you're questioning so much about the story itself. And it was really very, very interesting to see that kind of unfold. Yeah. because then there's other movies that are pretentious for the sake of being pretentious. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I don't need that. I don't need that shit. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 yeah, I don't need that shit either. Yeah, man, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Fuck that shit. No, no, I understand. Yeah, but how do you just, dis- how do you distinguish between the films that are being pretentious for the sake of being pretentious and the ones that actually have a deeper meaning, but people go, oh, it's just being pretentious. Like, how, well, what's the determining factor between those two? For example, one of my favorite movies that's also, I think, is overly pretentious is Any Given Sunday. Okay. Um, I think it's a great movie. I love Al Pacino in it. Sure. I love uh, Jamie Foxx. Like, great movie about professional football, which I think was very much a an insight to it, but it's edited in such a fucking pretentious way. Like it's so edited and pretentious. I've never seen the movie. You haven't? No, I've oh, not. Oh man, it's it's a fun movie. Okay, um, but it's just like Jesus Christ. Like it, I think it's a uh, um, oh fuck, who directed it? 
Oscar, no. De La Hoya. <laughs> Oscar <laughs> De La Hoya. Same guy, dude, Platoon. Uh, fuck, I can't remember. Oh, Christ. Name. Um. Oh, my God. I know. Seriously? I know. I feel like an asshole. Wall Street. Um. Oh, my God. I don't want to even pull up IMDb now because like as soon idiot. as you said that, I was I, I had it and I blanked on it. I'm like, Oscar Wilde. What? No, that's not who it is. Um, oh I can't fucking God. remember his name. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm a dumbass. No, I am too. Man, this really bugs me. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to click on this right now because I, I want to come up with it. I know. Fuck. Who is it? Oliver Stone. Oh, why did I get Oscar? I know I was there with you, man. Oliver, yeah. God damn it. So Oliver Stone made it seem like he was trying to go for some really, like, over the top sort of like cinematic experience. Sure, right. Sure, with sure. it, and I was just like, "Hey, relax. <laughs> this is a football movie. Like, relax. <laughs> like, let's not get okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of like really the way it's edited. So you're like, saying potentially the uh, the the content distinguishes whether or not it is a truly deep movie or not. The fact that it's a football movie. Well, I was just like, and it's edited like platoon <laughs> dude, platoon it, it, this, this goes beyond platoon as far as pretentiousness for editing. It's like so distracting. It's like, dude, knock it off. Like we get it. Um, I, I think, uh, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like someone was trying really hard. Okay. Really hard. We were like, we're going to make this something special. Like, really look awesome. We're gonna, and you're just like, stop it already. Like, good So Lord. how does the Fast, do you, do you consider Fast and the Furious franchise to be pretentious? Because I would, I would, I would posit that, is there much difference between, between the, like, how, like, I gotta be honest. Epically I've, intense. I've only seen the first one, and I can say there's nothing pretentious about. Okay, so then it is the content <laughs> that makes it pretentious. It's, is it the content or the intent? I think it's the in- intent. <laughs> because again, it's car racing. <laughs> I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Because what about Drive? With uh, Ryan uh, Gosling. Oh wait. Oh shit! I was thinking. Uh, oh, I was thinking Need for Speed with Aaron. Uh, or uh, I was thinking Gone in sixty seconds with Nicolas Cage. What the fuck's the guy's name from uh, Breaking Bad? Oh, who cares? Aaron Sorkin. That's not it. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta stop closing IMDb. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it open the whole podcast. Aaron Saddlebags. But Drive. I mean, Drive was pretty serious movie. Now, I, Aaron Paul. There you go. Yeah. Um, is Drive pretentious? I've never seen it. God damn it, Justin. I suck, man. Look, Hag- conversations are going nowhere. Hag and Wayne are both gonna go. You fucking call yourself a nerd and a movie geek, you piece of shit. They're hey, gonna both say that. I'm sorry. Pl- there's plenty of them that I haven't seen. So I know. You know but. Um, the only reason I bring up Need for Speed is because it was on TBS the other day. Of course, it was on TBS. That's a perfect TBS. Movie. I know. Um. I'm trying, I, of, I, I'm trying to think of other movies that like. I don't know the thing like what what makes. Uh, I feel like what makes a movie pretentious is a perfect topic for the next podcast. God or, damn it! Or for another podcast. I think you're right because you know what you know what is not pretentious ever. Down. It is the the, the throwdown. All right, I got to yeah. think about who we're gonna have on for pretentious movies. I feel like that'd be a fun. Oh, that's gonna be a one. great movie. Yeah, that'd be yeah. a great one. So today's throwdown, we're gonna pull it back to the beginning of the episode. Okay, and we're gonna dive right into it. All right, we're doing Jersey Shore versus Florida Shore. Who gives a shit? Here you go. Really? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> this is what we're... So I pulled up... We will put this image... We'll post this image on our Facebook page. Um, Which one of these groups is more likely yeah. to have firearms? I'm going to go with... <laughs> I mean, Jersey Shore, right? Well, Florida actually... Bama. Actually, that's a good question. Because... Florida Bama's going to have shit like rifles and is stuff. It the, scopes. Is, is it the Guidos so, or is it the... Uh, the Guidos the, will the, have the small rednecks. arms. The rednecks are going to have like... Rifles with scopes to kind of get the muskrats or whatever the fuck they're hunting. The bullseye, most bullseye womp rats back in my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Don't you dare compare that to Florida Bama. Because <laughs> um, they're also used to fighting off gators. So I, you know. Well, that's fair, but these girls are used to fighting off these guys. Yeah. Which is pretty. F- <laughs> I'm just saying. Look at how big these guys are. I'm really sad that we're doing this. These right guys now. versus these guys. These guys don't have that. Look at this dude back here. That's yeah. the one that Luke was playing for sure. <laughs> look at the look at the facial hair on this guy. That's the uh, one Luke was playing totally for the sure. One he yeah. Was playing. Oh my god. God bless him. Ugh. That was the one he was playing. That uh-huh. was. <laughs> oh, we can totally call him out. Oh my um, god. 
Yeah, no, I'm actually really excited that you hate this throwdown. Oh, I'm so sad. Why? Why are you sad? These are just giant <sighs> wastes of time. Right, but someone, uh, one of these groups dies, Doug. Doesn't yeah, that make you sad? But one of them lives too, Justin. <laughs> Not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. One they of them, may die okay, from their wounds. How many are there? Are they equal numbers? Because it seems like there's more from One, four two, Bama. three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Technically, so Snooky's not in this picture, unless that's her. I don't think that's her. I don't think that's her either. So there's one, two, three, four. Because I thought there was an even number of girls and guys. Wait, is that a person? No, there's four dudes. And, wait, is that a that's person? That's a person right there. <laughs> we're, you know what I'm saying? That's a person. There's right. a person. So we're going to call it eight and eight. Right, we're just so not. We're say it's even. We're not seeing two people on either one of these. All yeah, right. but there's there's four guys, four girls. I think that's how this goes. So I'm just saying. Okay, so numbers. let's do this again. These guys have the firepower, mm-hmm. right? These guys have the guns. Yeah, but the oh, fire... jokes on jokes. But the firepower is long. That was distance. not a. That was not a. That was a visual gag. That was not a good yeah. podcast gag. Guns were his biceps. Yes. Uh, these guys have the weapons with scopes, so they can hit him from a distance. <laughs> I love how we're just assuming that is absolutely accurate. One hundred percent. That's what they're doing. Um. But you don't think that these guys are connected enough that they could call in some fa- some favors? Absolutely not. They're not connected. No way are these guys connected to anyone, anywhere. <laughs> There's no way any mafia guys would be like, you know what we need? This guy. We need this guy no, in our crew. You know her dad is someone who fucking kills people for a living. Look at her. Yeah, look at her. And he just feels so sad that he never gave her a hug. Look at her. She was younger. <laughs> I know, right? Ugh. Right, I know. I look. I, I'm these. This is disgusting too. But I'm going to say this. I'll say this. I I was originally I was going back and forth in my mind most of the podcast because I had this idea. But these, I was going to go Jersey Shore just based off the fact that there's it's, it's it's fucking Jersey and they're all fucking just killers and gangbangers over there. I'm sorry, Jersey. It's true. <laughs> Except for where Bruce Springsteen grew up. That's a pretty cool place yeah. from what I hear. I've never been I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know these things. But this is what I know of Jersey and Chris Christie. That's mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. So based off that, I was going to go, there's no question. Jersey's going to fucking take them because they're going to roll. But when you brought up the fact that this is the the redneck community and these guys, scopes, the whole fucking nine year. I have to say, I, I might have to give it to the, uh, the, the I hate saying it, but the Floribama Shore. Well, first of all, we got to ask, where are they fighting? Well, we have to put them on neutral ground, right? We do. So where what would neutral ground be? What would where neither of them have an advantage? Because if we're gonna put Washington D.C. <laughs> Washington D.C. Where well, in front of the the giant dick monument, the Washington Monument. Yeah, there we go. Why don't we put here's this? Why don't we put them in front of the Lincoln Memorial? Yeah, right. So you've got perfect. The, you've got the giant pond there. You've got some, so there's a lot of there's a lot of territory they can cover there, right? So they're on cement. They're not in the swamp, and they're not on the sand. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So they're on cement. They're in front of the Lincoln the Lincoln Memorial, and uh, but do they are, are they coming with their weapons? Here's what I'd say: if are it's, they a, if it's a fist, if it's straight fisticuffs, Jersey Shore wins. You feel, you feel like you're giving it. To, if the only thing though is, do you not think these people? I mean, if they're wrestling gators down there, do you not think they're scrappy enough to take on these fucking? These guys lift to a degree that's that's uh, Jersey Shore. Hey, lifts. glam muscles. Yeah, the, yeah, but those it's guys, all glam muscles. They're going to be strong. They're going to be powerful. They're going to be. These guys just don't look like they, they couldn't hold hold it with those guys. This guy. I'm not sure which one this one is, but he looks like if he dropped his head down and just mm-hmm. ran into someone, he could impale them. Yeah, with his spiky hair. With his spike hair. So, yeah. I mean, that's he's got a weapon 24-7 right there. Sure. You know, so that's not fair. Yeah. The, oh, like This guy's hair is way too soft for that. He's that same guy, but mm-hmm. it's that hair is not spiky enough. Yeah. Yeah, no one could... I'm gonna okay. So fist the cuffs. You're giving it to Jersey Shore. Yeah, but if I'm saying like, but if you they're know, coming, if they're rolling in with their with, with their, their personal weapons, uh, the effects, then Florida's got them with their scopes on the rifles before before Jersey Shore even sets foot in the arena. They're gonna set up bear traps. They're gonna set up <laughs> alligator <laughs> traps. They'll I'm gonna give it them. to Florida just based off the fact that you have you're dealing with gators. You're dealing just where they come from, dude. They're dealing with jaguars. Like those are no fucking around kind of animals. Okay. Do you know what a jaguar is capable of doing? Do you I know don't. What its bite strength is. Do you know what an ocelot's capable of doing? It can run up twice its weight up a tree. That's very true. It also is a race car driver. Yeah. Yeah. No, a jaguar fucking hunts crocodiles and shit like that. 
I I did not know yeah, that. Like their bite strength, they will bite the back of a crocodile's neck and just fucking kill it. And then I, they drag it in, they consume it. And that's in, they live in Florida. They live in Florida. Panthers also live in fucking Florida as well. Panthers? Yes. I thought that was a jungle cat. Yeah. Guess what's down there? The fucking jungle and the marshes. And the marshes. This dude hey, brah. <laughs> hey, brah. Oh, no. You want to go down to the marshes? Papa Lazarus back. Hey, hey, brah. Hey, Lamar. <laughs> Lamar, oh let's go on down. That makes my skin crawl. Lamar, we're going to the marshes. Ugh, I hate Florida that. Florida Bama. All right, fair enough. So we're giving it to Florida Bama for the win. Yeah. Woo! Florida Bama for the win! Yay. Yeah, that kind of is not as... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Justin gave me the wrap it up sign. Yeah. <laughs> We lost our normal SD card. We don't have a lot of time left on this one. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, as always, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you can find us uh, on Facebook. Look for our page there, Mind Gap Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Mind Gap Podcast. Justin has a website. You can find me online at justinstrandland.com. Not to be confused with uh, floribamashore.com. Very similar sites, but, but also different. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. While you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes and on Stitcher. And I did not tell Doug this, but on SoundCloud. No, sorry, on Spotify now. Oh, we're on Spotify? We're going to be on Spotify. Oh, holy shit. So that is iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and probably any other podcast-related thing that you can find. Nice. So go check us out. Review us. Subscribe to us. We really, really, really appreciate the reviews. Uh, they, they do go a long way, whether or not you think they do. Uh, and a subscription goes even further. And uh, check us out on TuiState.com slash MindGap and TuiState.com slash The Best Bar Podcast Ever is another uh, podcast that I do every Monday with Milo Stevanovich, and it's very fun. It's about the bar industry. Yeah. If you could not tell from the name. Yeah. Also, you can find Justin at poop.com. Ah, Just go there. I'm going to have to go there sometime. Justin underscore Michael. You can find his profile there <laughs> and whatever assorted things that he likes that are assorted with, uh, you with gotta, the site. You got to visit to find my profile. I'm not going to give away what... what what is in store for you on that site, mm -hmm. but you just, you're welcome up yeah, front. You're welcome. You're welcome. Justin is at poop.com. You heard it here. See you guys next week. Mind Gap Podcast.